so innocent and so hairy. He knew right then he was too far from home. He was too far from home. He took his, God, have mercy. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Michael of Ultra Power Type, and with me, I am joined by my special co-host, Ultra Nathaniel Sky Type. Here I come to save the day! I'm doing a terrible job hiding the fact that I'm doing this OOC. <laughs> well, you you are you are, and uh, for anyone uh, who is who's not even sure what the hell is going on, um, <laughs> it's a very good question. <laughs> uh, we have had a time getting this. This episode is has been cursed from the beginning uh, because it was supposed to be me and Travis were doing recording this episode, but unfortunately, Travis got sick. And so this is uh, this is me and Nathan throwing this w- episode together last minute. Because and, Nathan- you're all, and you're already recording a day late because you were on Kaiju Kim's show yesterday. Yes, I'm already recording uh, a day late because I decided to hang out with Kaiju Kim, which I do not regret. I told Kim last night, I said I would much rather hang out with her than even... Wait, hang on. I shouldn't probably say that. Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. It's already on the record. So... <laughs> 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 yeah, and so and then Travis got sick, and then you you're like, hey, Marchand has no life, and then you called me out. <laughs> Actually, it's more like I you told me he's like, I don't know if it's gonna happen, and I said, all right, throw me in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can always count on you to step up and st- step up and fill in if if we ever need to. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're basically you're basically the uh, you're basically the 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 Kaiju Weekly B team. And we only we only call you in whenever we need you. Well, yeah, and not to mention, I I would be more than happy to jump in and talk about tonight's subject. Oh, that's my phone going off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I oh, well. put it on mute. And uh, so tonight's subject is one that I would happily talk about. And I'm, obviously, I love your guys' show, and I will take any opportunity to continue to increase my lead on Elijah. <laughs> Also, I, also, I, I'm a narcissist, and I love being on other people's shows because no truer words have ever been spoken. <laughs> no truer words have ever been spoken on the Kaiju Weekly podcast. Hey, just like I said the last time I was on, I'm your favorite three percenter. Just saying. <laughs> Well, uh, we actually do have some news to cover. So, uh, Nathan, if you're ready, let's cue the beady beady. Cue the beady beady. So, um, this week we did have a little bit of news to cover. Uh, not a whole lot, but, you know, we, we do have to talk about a few things. So, there have been so many anniversaries lately. Yeah. <laughs> Like a lot of anniversaries lately. Like we're in this, we're recording this the first, uh, the first day of August, mm-hmm. uh, and throughout the month of July and leading into August, we had what five anniversaries. We had Shin, War of the Gargantuas, Mothra, 
uh, original Ga- Mothra to boot. The, ori- the original Mothra to boot. Uh, Gamera two. Uh, Advent of Legion. Destroy all monsters. And uh, yeah, we've had a lot of anniversaries to celebrate throughout the, throughout the kaiju fandom. Yeah, the only month that's more insane is December because Toho loved releasing their tokusatsu movies in December. So it's basically, you know, it's like, you know how everybody gets married in June? Yeah, they've, August and and December are when all the toku anniversaries are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll ask you while we're on the subject, out of those uh out of those 5 movies that I just named, which one do you celebrate the most during the month of July? Godzilla. Dang it, why do you have to ask me that? It's like asking a parent who their favorite child is. Well, as long as we can agree it's not Shin, we're good. You poor deprived child. I, <laughs> yeah, well, it's not War of the Gargantuas. I know people love that one, but Boo. I have issues with Gargantuas. The I honestly I'd say probably Gamera 2 or Mothra. Mm. Maybe destroy all monsters. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll I'll give you that. Like I said, as long as you don't say Shin, that's okay. Um so for me, I tend to uh, out of the out of these movies, I actually tend to celebrate War of the Gargantuas or Destroy All Monsters the most because I love both of those movies. Uh, I'm not as Showa I'm not as big a Showa purist as somebody we know, but um, I do appre- I do appreciate those movies probably out of this whole entire lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just watch it dub so that you don't have to put up with one guy's performance or non-performance actually uh when i watched war of the gargantuas the other day um uh, i actually watched the international dub which actually corrects some of the really crappy acting from a person who shall remain nameless <laughs> the international dub makes everything else tolerable in fact in fact i'll go as far to say the international dub makes him into a good actor <laughs> Oh, he's a good actor. He just didn't care. Well, you know, good actor, doesn't care. I mean, tomato, tomato. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to our next news item, uh, it's going to be a little bit of collector news. Uh, we got the announcement. You can tell Travis isn't here because almost because half the news is about toys. I know, I know. What can I what can I say? Like toys, I love toys. And apparently the only thing that Godzilla fans care about is toys. So we're going to talk oh, about toys. Well, today. No, only well, certain ones. Only certain ones care certain about toys. ones. There, there are there's an, there are there's another group of fans that does all the work and the rest of us just talk about toys. So Playmates, uh, Playmates announced some toys today. Uh, uh, Gorosaurus not from 1968's Destroy All Monsters. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and Rodan from 1956. Uh, actually, those two figures, from what I understand, are available now uh, if you can find them. Um, really? Yes, they're available now. Did you not see innova- there, Did you not see the the link, Nathan? I sent you that said available now in store. You can't order them online yet. Well, the truck, I need to start visiting a lot of Walmart. No, it's not Walmart, sir. It's what? Target. 
Target. Okay, I'm visiting Target very soon. <laughs> yes, you have to visit Target to get the Gorosaurus and the Rodan from 1956. I'm sure they'll probably show up at Walmart at some point because they all show up at Walmart eventually. Uh, if you're unless you're my Walmart that that has nothing except for uh, standard Kong and. Uh, I think 13 inch Godzilla. We got nothing else. Yeah, is, I would grab both of those because the, those are hit or miss. Those are, it's, it's very true, but we never got the, we didn't get the, uh, the Hong Kong lights versions. We didn't get jet Jaguar. Uh, we didn't get, uh, what else did we didn't get? We got, well, I, I take it back. We saw, I saw burning Godzilla and Gigan the other day, but uh, outside of those and a little bit of the Godzilla versus Kong stuff, for some reason, my Walmarts are garbage. And for some odd reason, mine are awesome. Right. <laughs> so that means if your Walmarts are awesome, that means you'll probably be able to get your hands on the Arctic Kong when it comes out soon. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, people, even if you don't like, even if you're not into collecting these toys, if you're if you're one of those snooty collectors, it's like playmates is beneath me. I save them from the scalpers and sell them to your friends at retail <laughs> hashtag save the vinyl save the vinyl tour seriously, seriously. no seriously seriously like i have no ne- like, pain of this fandom or one of several for as cheap as those figures are i have seen them go for ridiculous prices on ebay oh which is- you if you ever want to entertain yourself because i confess i did this for a while because i got sucked into these playmates figures and for no other reason that, like I said, than to save them from the scalpers. So I went on to walmart.com to see when they would show up at my local stores or just show up on the website so I could buy it. And mm-hmm. a hilarious thing was I'd look at it on my phone and I could always tell when they were either in stock locally or on the website, because if they were in stock, they would be selling at retail. So say it's the 13 inch figures. I'd be like, Oh, okay. It's $30. Oh, it's at that Walmart. I'll right. just check that out. Or, oh, you can buy it from the website. I wait an hour or so, hit the refresh button, and uh, they would more than double in price. I'm like, oh, they sold out, and now the scalper has is the first listing that comes up. And that would seriously happen you know, about every couple of hours. I would just refresh the page. I'm like, oh, okay, now they're back in Slack. Oh, they're not right. anymore. <laughs> right. You know, And I, I think that no one will disagree with me by saying this publicly. If you are a scalper, you are a garbage human being. Just say it. Yeah. I mean, you're because- talking to a pair of guys who are definitely capitalists, but you're exploiting the system, sir. <laughs> That's for sure. That is for sure. I mean, to take to take a $12 figure and then flip it and sell it for $112 I mean, come on. Well, man. and the worst part is that they show up. Uh, they show up as soon as the doors open, and then they take everything. Right. They yeah. create yeah. artificial scarcity, and then when you know, uh, you know, ten dads walk in over the course of the day after that to go buy their son or whatever, their nephews, daughter. I don't well, care. Maybe well, 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 it's not just sons and nephews. No, it's just not. It's not just sons and nephews. Uh, Nathan, girls can like hide you too. Girls too. Never mind. Maybe they want the Mothra toys. I don't. But no, not just Mothra. Nathan, that's sexist. Come on, take that back. Whatever. The monster girls want their toys too. So anyway, they go in there to go get it, and there's nothing there. You took, you took the toys from the children, you jerks. (laughs) You can obviously tell it has been a long day because normally we're not this sassy. 
list audio I'm listener. Like, I'm in character. I don't know where this is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. It's just is B cranked to twelve. And I right. I've, I'm actually sitting very comfortably at ten right now. But nice. Okay. <laughs> let's let's help. Let's hope you can maintain that that level of insanity through the rest of this movie or through the rest of this episode. But um, but just one more thing about these, then we'll move on. Um, these should be around the same price point. Retail is like around thirteen bucks. So if you can find these, they look great. Um, if you're not, if, uh, if you, if, if you care about good sculpts, I think these are based on Bandai sculpts. At least they look to be based on Bandai sculpts. And, uh, actually, if you look at our, that little message thread that uh, where we're getting some stuff like this, Danny actually sent us that there are more. Yes, they are. There are. And I can't wait to see how, I can't wait to see how Megalon looks. Do we want to tell everybody what the rest of them apparently are going to be? Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll zoom through them just really quickly here. Uh, it looks like we are getting, in addition to Gorosaurus and 56 Rodan, we are getting 33 Kong. We are getting, uh, uh, we've already gotten Jet Jaguar. It's a new uh, Jet Jaguar. Oh, it's a new Jet Jaguar? Yeah, okay. It's a different pose. Okay. It's okay. Not the, it's not the running pose. Okay. So right, it, looks cool. more, it looks more like that Bandai figure that you just bought. Nice. I like that Bandai figure. It's awesome. Uh, we're getting classic Hedorah. We're getting Megalon and we're getting Mecha King Ghidorah. So, I mean, to me, Playmates is Playmates is almost not quite. And I'm not, I'm not quite committing heresy here by saying this, but they're almost as they're they're getting up to the same level almost as trend masters at this point yeah uh i would love to hear some how people feel about these playmates toys now i mean when they first started making them last year <laughs> they were a joke oh it was absolutely terrible uh, but uh i will well, love to see how people feel about these compared to the jacks pacific figures because that's who was making the toys for king of the monsters 2019 right well, uh, anyway, moving on from any, anyway, moving, moving on from that, moving on from that. Cause we are a little bit, we are a little bit pressed for time. Uh, Nathan, uh, arrow yokai set go. That set has, well, the, that was where originally, uh, that, those were out of print. They've been out of print for a while. They don't usually sell for insane prices on Amazon, but Arrow continues to prove that for the physical media collectors and the Toku fandom, outside of Japan anyway, they are our new best friends. Yes, between between Arrow and Mill Creek, and I think a, it's safe. To a less say, than Shout Factory, more or less, yeah, more a little to a, to some degree Shout Factory because I did pre-order a few things from Shout Factory before. I think um, bought every power ranger related thing that they sell so not no not everything and i'm still working on sentai i got a i got a i got Jew ranger in today so i'm working on getting the original nine seasons of sentai uh well the original nine the the nine seasons that were adapted to the first nine seasons of power rangers i should say mm -hmm. but yes i'm working on getting all of that stuff i don't own all of it i for i only cared about the the first nine seasons of power Rangers up uh, mighty Morphin through time force. And so I'm, uh, I'm going to go back and start collecting the other ones as they could become available because I'm a completionist and I'm nuts. Yeah. But to let everybody know, this is a set of movies. Uh, I believe they were made by die. If I remember the, the yokai, the yokai set, yeah, the, yokai. the yokai set. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. They were made by die. So you're getting the movies are 100 Monsters, Spook Warfare, along with Ghosts and the Great Yokai War. 
And and uh, those first three are from the 60s. Great Yokai War is from mm. the it's the early 2000s, directed by Takashi Miike. There's a sequel coming out finally. There is. Yes, uh, we talked we talked about that a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's going to be a three disc set. And uh, it, uh, this two is going to have two of the movies on there. Right. Uh, and then this three will have the Great Yokai War. And it's going to, as usual, it's going to be loaded with special features. Yeah. So, and it's uh, not going to be. It's... You're going to have to buy this. Uh, basically, <laughs> at this point, well, Arrow and Mill Creek own my wallet. I. <laughs> Because I want to be giving them so much money between now and the end of the year. I don't know if I know this is up on Arrow's site. I know this is up on Aerofilms.com for pre-order. Uh, I think it's on sale. It's on sale right now. I'm looking at it for 45 pounds. I don't know what that translates to USD. Um, uh, I just looked it up on Diabolic, and they uh, they are selling it for 65. So about the same price as the Dimagine set, then. Mm-hmm. Which the tomorrow di- for me. Yay! I've already had it, so good for you for catching up. Okay, uh, but I but I got Gamera two weeks before everybody else. So me <laughs> and moving on. No one cares about that. No one cares about Gamera here. Um, I'm kidding, and we all care about Gamera. Don't get me wrong. I love Gamera. Um, but but yes, this yokai the the yokai collection looks fantastic. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about yokai. I have never seen any of these movies. I'm tempted to get this set for myself. Uh, I might, I probably will, uh, at some point I may either pre-order it or I may get it after the fact, if it's still mm-hmm. available, I'm in no hurry to get it. Like I said, I don't know. Cause I've never watched these films. I don't even know if I'm missing out on anything. I've heard I, of the, I caught part of one of them once on mm-hmm. the internal channel at G fest. They are nuts. Uh, at least the part that I saw and yokai, to be honest, are crazy. Yes. Start looking into it. I, uh, I'm getting it more out of sheer curiosity and to support Arrow. And even though none of these movies are on my MIFV master list, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody asked for it. So probably the great, I could see someone asking for the great yokai war because that seems to be one that everyone knows about. Mm -hmm. Well, it's Takashi Miike. Yeah. The mad genius. So. Right. So though you can pre-order that now from Diabolic, Arrow Films and other retail outlets. Uh, so the next uh, the next little bit of news, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but it's simply Godzilla and Kong or Godzilla versus Kong, the 2021 blockbuster hit uh, that had everyone's hearts aflutter or divided, however you want to say it. Oh, uh, whatever. I was just, I was going to say this is obviously our friend Elijah's favorite movie. He only saw oh, it. Oh no. I talked to Elijah yesterday. He says he's changed his mind totally on Godzilla versus Kong and he actually loves it more so than even Goldra in 1954. Oh. So I was happy to hear him say that. Oh. Um, he's like one of us, one of-, one of us, one of us. Yes. But anyway, Godzilla versus Kong is returning to HBO max on August the 17th. So, uh, you'll be able to stream that one again uh, if you don't have the physical release, which is fantastic. Um, I have the physical release because physical media is king in my house. Um, and you sent me one. Happy birthday. To me. I did. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy <laughs> birthday. 
But yeah, that's exciting for anyone who uh, prefers to stream their movies uh, or doesn't have a physical copy of Godzilla vs. Kong yet. So there you go. Uh, August the 17th, it'll be, ba- it'll be back on HBO Max. Uh, and the last little bit of news is one that is very close to my power heart. Uh, August is Power is Power Rangers Month uh, because the anniversary of uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is August the 28th. And so... From what we understand, and we don't have to go into it right now because, you know, we've covered a lot of toy news already. Uh, But from what we understand, Hasbro plans on uh, making quite a few announcements over the course of uh, this month to celebrate MMPR. Do you think those will be toy announcements or do you think they're finally going to officially play a new movie? You know, my... I want them, I want so desperately for them to announce a brand new movie or at least tell us that a movie is officially in production. That's what I desperately want. Um, but it's probably going to be about, it's probably going to be toy news. Most likely. What do you think they'll announce? Well, we already got the, uh, we, we, they, we just saw the, um, the Mighty Morphin Ninja Turtles from the uh, cro- from the crossover Elseworld comic that from Boom Studios. We got those because we got Donatello and Leonardo, the Black and Blue Ranger. Um, I imagine we may- we'll either get the whole team or what I'm actually hoping for is um, they're going to start dipping into other seasons within the within the franchise. Like I want I. And I know this gets a lot of hate from a lot of fans, but I really want them to release. I really want them to start making uh, stuff from Turbo because we have my collection, the Lightning Collection. Correct. Yes, I want them to start releasing figures from the Lightning Collection uh, dedicated to Turbo. Like, I mean, we've already got MMPR, we've got Zio, we've got Lost Galaxy, we've got In Space, we've even got Time Force, and uh, uh, shoot, uh, no, we don't have. We actually don't have Lightspeed Rescue yet. So Lightspeed Rescue or Turbo, I would love to see them release in the Lightning Collection. Um, and I've been going a little nuts with Power Ranger memorabilia lately um, because I think I talked about. I was either on this podcast or someone else, or maybe it was Elijah's podcast. I was getting a little bit bored uh, with Godzilla and kaiju stuff there for a little while, so I I visited uh, Zoo Ranger. And I think uh, I've grown to really, really love Zhu Ranger and the Super Sentai franchise. Uh, and it's kind of reinvigorated my love of, of Power Rangers and, mm-hmm. uh, and that area and that portion of the Henshin uh, heroes mm-hmm. uh, genre. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to take a little bit of credit because I basically got you started on the lightning collection which is yeah. funny because you were trying to you were go, trying to goad me this is back in december you were trying to goad me into buying that astronomer in space red ranger set and then i did it and then i was just doting on it and just like i love these figures and then you got sucked right in <laughs> and now you're more obsessed than i am <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you it's went nuts, and then you got started getting me to buy more. It's 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 a disease. What what can I say? It's it's yeah, it's, it's a sickness. You gave it to me. Worse than <laughs> it's, COVID. It's worse than the COVID. COVID is less expensive. <laughs> <laughs> at least COVID come. At least COVID comes with a free vaccine. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I may actually. I'm actually a vaccine. you'd never take it. <laughs> true it's true when it comes to, uh when it comes to collectoritis i will gladly be a super spreader 
right. We might want to move on from there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to move on from there. I don't even know if that's even going to make it into the episode. If it does, then I'm sorry, Travis. Um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, so that does it for I the... Leave it in. <laughs> So that does it for the news this week. So we're getting ready to move into the main topic. And I don't know what kind of main topic music I'm going to insert here. It may, it probably won't be the Bandora theme because Travis told me I'm not allowed to do that. Either. After these messages, we'll be right back. Uh, so uh, this month, for anyone who is not aware, this month is Listener's Choice Month. So uh, last week, or no, this is actually the first, This I take that back. This is actually the first episode of Listener's Choice Month. So basically we put out a poll on our social media and we and we gave them three options. Uh, we said, hey, would you like us to talk about Common Rider the Next? Would you like us to talk about Space Sheriff Gavin, which I've never heard of? <laughs> or would you like us to talk about Mega Monster Battle Word Salad from the Ultraman franchise? Uh, it's Mega, Mega Monster... Mega Monster Battle Ultra Ultra Galaxy the movie. There we go. Because it's, uh, it's yeah, well, but some people reverse that, so it's Ultra Galaxy Mega Monster Battle. Uh, whatever. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it's Ultra Word Salad. That's what it's Ultra Word Salad. Or exactly. Title Generator the movie. One of the. I'm, if it was not so bad for SEO, I would literally call this episode Ultra Word Salad. <laughs> but. That's probably bad for SEO. You, you can put it in parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. God, that'd be, that's already, it's already going to be the longest title so far on the show, Nathan. Come on. Um, so uh, I'm going to read the results of the poll. We actually got only, we only got about 23, uh, 23 votes a little um, on our Twitter for this. So uh, let's see. Uh, Space Sheriff Gavin got eight, 18% of the vote. No, no surprise there. Cause so I don't think a lot of it was what a whopping one vote <laughs> one or two. It was like one or two votes. I didn't go back and do the math. Um, but, uh, we also had common writer who got 30% of the vote, which I was kind of hoping that I kind of hoped that common writer would have get, would, would have gotten a little bit more votes because I actually did watch, uh, Travis and I reviewed, uh, common writer, the first mm -hmm. movie, uh, a few months ago. I think it was, maybe it was last year. Yeah. I'm not a hundred, maybe it was last year. That was and January. I remember. Was it? Oh, gotcha. So I was actually kind of, I was, I was actually kind of rooting for the common writer, the next movie, because I know you and Travis are, are in the middle of your Henshin men podcast. And yes. I just think it would make his little heart happy that if we talked about common writer on the, on the, mm -hmm. on the yeah. podcast, yeah, he's but, his gospel of common writer. Yes. He's right preaching now. the gospel of common writer right now. He's preaching the gospel of every, he's actually preached the gospel so much. Uh, that I've started watch. I've started to watch Kuga. I'm about 15 episodes into Kuga, and I've actually kind of enjoyed. I've actually really enjoyed myself. So you need to watch the OG so you can follow along with us on Henshin Men. No, I'd rather not because of B people or the what is it? B woman. B woman. <laughs> you listened to today's episode, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but but B cup. I'll leave it at that. Oh boy. <laughs> But to Travis's chagrin and my kind of pleasure, uh, Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy, the movie, ended up with 52% of the vote. So, uh, surprise I, of no one. Surprise of no one. I mean, we've been so inundated and saturated with, uh, 
with Ultraman stuff. I am I'm honestly surprised that the margins weren't bigger. But I'm really I'm really happy though. Let me just say this: I'm really happy that Common Rider, um, the next, put up a really good fight in that poll. It seems like a lot of people really enjoy that movie. Yeah. Um, so what we did after we found out the winner, we went on our social media and we asked people instead of asking a trivia question, we asked people say, "Hey, how do you feel about?" uh this particular movie with a very long title so uh nathan you care to start us off with our first uh comment about this film uh it's from joe jira he says great movie but still don't know why ultraman dinah is there that is a good question i'm I will probably we'll probably get into that in just a little bit uh the next the next answer came from the a to z podcast which is an ultraman podcast and they said it's one of my favorites zero uh, zero is my favorite ultra having seen zero grow in geed and become become a master in z it's great to see how his adventure started and not to mention seeing uh, hayata and and dan rep, uh, reprising their role and i just want to say for the last time not sure if that's the case Maybe I just butchered the way that was read. Probably uh, so. That's the same actors. Is it? it yeah. Is. It's the same think- actors. In fact, they those two actors, the face actors is what they call mm-hmm. them in Tokusatsu. Yeah. They're the they're the, the actors that play the secret identities. Right. And they have stuntmen doing the superhero stuff. The, uh, they uh, also did the voices of Ultraman and Seven. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, interesting. Uh, I mean, so- I jumped, we're jumping ahead to the to the fun fact section there yeah let's 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 fact section let's what what is it you say save it for the episode so let's save it for the rest of the episode (laughs) let's save it for the show so uh care to read out our next comment nathan (laughs) from uh uh the dandy man danny demana (laughs) the dandy man can uh who uh, i just recorded with on my show and is usual it's got twice as much material as i should use so uh editing's gonna be fun but he says this is easily my favorite of the ultra films its scope slash scale is ambitious and effective and its vfx stand as one of the greatest fusions of digital and practical in the kaiju genre this film opened up the world of ultraman like never before and remains a, a spectacular experience Despite the immense scale of the story and setting, the narrative stays focused and feels both intimate and special. And I don't know how to say this character's name, but uh, we'll do it like the podcast. Belial is a fascinating and entertaining villain and zero an endearing hero. Also, the sheer number of ultras and monsters surely has to be a genre record. Wow. I agree. I, cause I think in, well, we'll get into, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. So, um, the next answer came from our friend Kaiju Menace and they said the best Ultraman movie to exist. This is one, this is one of the only Ultraman films that is just as good as any Hollywood blockbuster movie. The fights are so well done. We get some brand new, amazing characters to the series and you could tell, and you could tell they had a big budget for it outstanding movie so well thank you kaiju menace for writing in and i agree it's uh it's it was really nice to see uh ultraman getting like the big the really big budget treatment because that's what this movie felt like it does and then next up we have one of the characters from my show because apparently Hmm. he has a twitter 
Anyway, Crystal Lady Jessica. And uh, I don't did you copy and paste this because it apparent because that second sentence is just explaining the emoji. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that I copied and pasted this directly from from Twitter. I've never seen a, an emoji be transliterated into a sentence before. Well, it is li listen, it is it is in our notes so you have to read it. Okay, well, here we go then. Uh, Travis will agree with me that Ultramen aren't as dreamy as common Riders. And then the second sentence is, smiling face with open mouth and tightly closed eyes, face with tongue. Our next person, our next writer, uh, our next person that wrote in, uh, Joseph, I hope I say their last name correctly, uh, Pelsier? Pels Pelsier? Pelsier? Pelser? I don't know. I, ho I hope I didn't butcher your last name. If I did, I'm sorry. Let's just run through every possible pronunciation just to cover our bases. So Pelliker. Pelliker. Pelisier. Pelisier. Yeah. Pelisier. We're going to go with, okay, here we go. We're going to go with Pelisier. So anyway, I'm so sorry if we butchered your last name um, <laughs> several times, several times over, but uh, they were kind enough to write in and say, I love everything about this movie. It was my first exposure to to the Ultra franchise, and I could not I couldn't have picked a better place to start. Zero is one of my favorite Ultraman, uh, Ultraman, and Belial is just amazing. The action is is great too. Even back then, I knew this was something special. And now, having watched more Ultraman shows, I can appreciate all and I can appreciate all it does. It's such a love letter to the franchise as a whole. The climax is absolute is an absolute masterpiece, and I could watch that on loop all day. And I one thousand percent agree with you, Joseph. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we have a very short one here for some uh, from some weirdo named James from Nasada. James from Nasada. Hmm, who could that oh. be? Uh, must be a new listener. I'm must not be familiar with this guy. Mm. But what did James say? Uh, he says Zero might be Glenn in Ultraman form. I, think I mean, he's talking about astronaut Glenn from, Monster I guess, oh, man, was he trying to say that if Nick Adams was still around, he'd voice zero. You know, I would, I could see that. Yes. I think I would be behind that 1000%. I think so too. Hmm. Huh? That's something to think about. Well, thank you. The actual dub voice that they give him. <laughs> oh God, the dub. <laughs> well, sorry. I love the fact that in the Japanese, Zero sounds like a punk, but then when every dub that I've heard, even though they're officially sanctioned by Subaraya, they just make him sound like traditional American superhero. I am Ultraman Zero. It's like, no, you're not. You're supposed to sound like a punk. Because <laughs> you are a punk. You're a young punk. And our last answer. Yeah, speaking of young punks. <laughs> speaking of, yeah, speaking of young punks, uh, our last answer comes in from our very good friend, Elijah Thomas. Uh, this of the is you, man. Of the Kaiju Conversations podcast, and I don't know if he wrote this himself. He he's a poet, apparently. He, apparently, he's a poet because he wrote us he he wrote us a poem. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is verse. I'm just. This is Twitter verse. Uh, better, even better, even better. So, all right, let's dig in. Uh, Elijah writes. <clears throat> he stood there, bright as the sun on that Canadian coast. He was a big nip he was a big nipped boy on his own. He looked at he looked at then he looked at them with those he looked at them with those inflatable nipples 
so innocent and so hairy, he knew right then he was too far from home. He was too far from home. He took his God, have mercy. We need, he to, we need to loop some some uh, some cool sounding music for this, you know. I, or... I should, I should, <laughs> I should make this into a dramatic reading. In, in uh, like, he took he took his nips and led them along the golden beach. He'd watch the waves tumble o over the sand. He walked for miles and miles up those twisted turning roads. Higher and higher and higher he climbed, and those yeti nipples. In those Hollywood hills, he was looking so bright. Five out of five. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know if he's giving his own poem five out of five or if he's giving this movie five out of five, but if he's giving this movie five out of five, why in Godzilla's name did you make me read that? <laughs> because no one else could have read it better. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so yes if you haven't figured it out by now we are watching the ultraman movie mega monster battle ultra galaxy large monster the ultra milky way legend from 2009 i don't quite think that's the right title for this movie though how many titles does this thing have <laughs> I, I i don't know is this this has to be the german title I, maybe I, i'm gonna be honest with you for a movie that's as big and epic as this is it has the most boring you know just generically generated titles i've ever heard <laughs> very much so it so better in japanese it has to be. It has to translate better. I swear this has got to be the, this has to be the German title. Uh, Chris Degel, our friend from Germany. If this is the German title, please let us know. Uh, it could be the German title. It doesn't have Frankenstein in the name. This is true. This is true. I forget. <laughs> and, You're right. You tell us that, that uh, Ultraman Zero is King Kong in disguise. <laughs> There's a deep cut for you, folks. <laughs> Speaking of King Kong, the cast and crew list reads like this. Uh, Ray is played is played by Soda Miami. Shoda. Shoda, Shoda Miami. Minami. Uh, I've got this, Nathan. Trust me. Um, let me butcher it on my own. You don't have to correct me. Uh, Shin Hayata uh, slash Ultraman was played by uh, Susumo Kurobi. Uh, Dan Bora, Dan Moraboshi slash Ultra Seven was played by Koji Maritsugu. Okay, uh, Hayuga uh, was played by oh god, um, Hero Hero. Oh, you want me to crap. take this? <laughs> yes, please, please do, please take this. Yuga played by Hiroyuki Konishi. Haruna played by uh, Saki Kiyuri. Camirio, uh, Kumano, played by Mitsutoshi Shundo, Oki, played by Toru Hachinoshi, Hachinohe, Musashi Haruno, played by Taiyo Sugiura, Shin Asuka, play, uh, played Ultraman Dina. Wait, is that the actor's name? No. Wait. Yes. I think. Something. Yes. Okay. I did. Mm, I should have fact-checked this. Uh, <laughs> Mira, uh, Mirai Hibino played Ultraman Mebius. 
Ultraman Belial, the voice, was Hiroyuki Miyasako, and Ultraman Zero was voiced by Mamoru Miyano. Beautiful. Beautiful, Nathan. And since you did so well with the cast and crew, uh, go ahead and read us our plot breakdown. All right, here you go. You'll probably want to loop in some really epic-sounding superhero music for this, or sci-fi. Just saying. All right, note for post-production. All right, here we go. On the distant planet green screen, the peaceful space Spartans go about their day until Super Satan escapes from a Borg cube and proceeds to dismantle all of them until he steals the Ultra MacGuffin, making it always winter and never Christmas. Afterward, the new guy joins forces with an intergalactic Pokemon trainer, the King of our, uh, the, the crew of King Arthur's Battlestar, and a pair of Ultra Boomers to take it back. Meanwhile, Super Satan goes to Kaiju Held to recruit an army of monsters to conquer the universe. Of course! Our heroes are from the CGI Creature Legion, only to be saved by the Toku by the Toku Shonen after one of the Ultra Boomers tells him, I am your father. In desperation, Super Satan transforms into a beast that could barely be defeated by Lord Zed, and Toku Shonen gives zero craps and kicks him into a lava pit. The Ultra MacGuffin is returned, and everyone lives happily ever after. For five minutes until the Friday the 13th twist ending before the credits. Well done. That was that was probably the most epic plot breakdown I've ever heard. <laughs> I have set the bar so high, I don't know if anyone can top it. <laughs> so, Nathan, for uh when so let's let's so for anyone listening that's not familiar with our show or is new to our show, we like to uh celebrate these films uh and do what we call our positivity sandwich. So we're going to start with some positives. We're going to sprinkle in some negatives and then we're going to end on some positives. So Nathan, let's start with you since you are my guest host this time around. Uh, what are some of your positives about uh, ultra galaxy word salad, the movie, this movie as all of the comments from your listeners have been saying, this thing is huge. <laughs> it, it is huge this is almost like and the funny thing is this is actually technically the first of a trilogy Mm because you have revenge of belial and ultraman saga after that and the thing that's insane about it is that this is like making your first avengers movie infinity war or endgame (laughs) i can see yeah i can see that yeah yeah because i've seen revenge of belial and it's not nearly as big as this one it's still good but it's not nearly as big no i watched uh i actually watched um uh revenge of the belial before i watched this one um and yeah this one's not nearly as this one's not nearly as epic or no revenge of belial i'm sorry revenge of belial is is not nearly as epic as this one this feels like the this feels like the grand finale, but in true ultra man in true ultra fashion, uh, they always try to one up themselves. Yeah, in one form or another. And what makes this even more astonishing, I guess you could say, is that this was the movie finale tie-in for Ultra Galaxy, right? Which was the current. Air quotes up to the mic, as Luke Giaconetti would say, ultra series at the time. My mm-hmm. joke about 
about there being a team of intergalactic Pokemon trainers. That's not too far off. Because <laughs> uh, Galaxy no. about people on a spaceship traveling from planet to planet, and they had little capsule monsters that mm-hmm. they were using to battle villains and such. And that those characters are in this movie. Right. It's like, um, there's a name for them. If you're not familiar, it's they're half, let's see, they're half. What is it? They're half human, half Ultraman. Correct. Is that how, uh, I think they're half Ultraman. Keep talking. I'll look it up, but there is a name for them. Uh, it's Ray blood. It's Ray blood. Ray blood. Okay. So basically they got it from from Ray Bradbury. Right. So basically these Ray bloods can control monsters and they travel from around, they travel around the universe, uh, ridding the universe of evil by summoning monsters. So basically Pokemon. Yeah. Basically Pokemon bigger, but bigger (laughs) and more terrifying. Yeah. I, I almost referred to, uh, cause Gomera is our, is a Ray. That's his name. Is uh, his go-to? I almost put his name down as uh, Picagor- Picamora. <laughs> Picamora, yeah. I mean, or, or yeah. I also thought about Gamorachu. <laughs> Gamor. Well, I think he transforms into Gamorachu later on in the yeah. uh, in the in the movie. Yes, <laughs> when he gets it, when he gets his special power up. Uh, burning Gamorachu, even. <laughs> ah, yes, burning Gamorachu. There we go. That's even better. Maybe burning you can buy that toy for your kid after you see the movie. Maybe. Mm-hmm. maybe i don't have any kids but okay no that's uh, the general message of the movie oh yeah the, yeah so let's burning gamora chew for your kid see, after you see the movie well that's one thing but that's one thing that this movie does doesn't do that we kind of later see in other ultra series where it's this is obviously toyetic this yeah this yeah this movie is not as obviously toyetic whereas like we're like you and I both are watching Trigger right now. Yeah. And Trigger and even Z uh prior Let's to that was to most was, of the new generation hero shows have been doing this. This movie was actually made toward the end of the time when they hadn't when Super I hadn't started doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hadn't quite got there. I think it was what is it uh Ginga? That's the first of the new generation hero shows if I remember correctly. I think that's when it started. I think so. Well, I mean, but um, not Kinga, but uh, Orb was, when was Orb, when did Orb come out? That was 2016, correct? Keep talking, I'll look it up. I think, I think Orb was 20, I think Orb, I thought, always thought Orb was the first of the new generation hero oh, series. It, it was Ginga. Was it Ginga? Okay, so Ginga. Ginga's not yeah. long, it's only 12 episodes. Uh, well, you're right, but regardless, that is when Subaraya or that is when Subaraya Productions rather started getting very, very toy focused. And I think that is why a lot of people like this movie, me included, is because it doesn't feel like it's trying to sell me something. Whereas uh, some of the other ultra shows feel like they're just yeah. there. It's, it's 20. It's Ginga, trying to sell me something. All yeah, the time. Ginga was the first that was in 2013. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Orb, you were right. Orb was 2016. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So I like this movie. Like I said, I, I saw this movie first. Uh, I think I watched this movie for the first time during Kaiju, during our uh, stream of a uh, stream during Kaiju quarantine. I think it, it may have been Kaiju quarantine one. It when was, I watched this, it was Kaiju quarantine three. Was it three? Uh, okay. Because it was Travis and I as the commentators and it was a double feature with common writer Z O Zeto, however you want to say it. 
And okay. I had never seen Common Rider Zio before. Well, I had never seen this movie, and this movie's nuts. Um, so I want to kind of get into a little bit more nitty, of the nitty gritty of what we like and dislike about this movie. For me, um, the, for me, the the VS the 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 SFX there the special effects I should say look amazing. They look so good in this. They do. I I'll save it for the negative the the negative part of the positivity sandwich are we talking about the negativity mayo the negativity lunch meat whatever you want to call it are we are we we, we, have some i have some issues with the special effects but the fight choreography the suits they're all astonishing well they are and and we've gotten several um we've gotten several suits that have been remade obviously you know the original Ultraman suit from 1965 or not 1965, 66 is probably in a, it was probably dilapidated by this point and could not be. Oh yeah. They had, they weren't using that original suit anymore. Are you crazy? Yeah. Right. Uh, But all these, all these new suits from like the new generation heroes and all the old, like all the old suits that are coming back. This is actually before new generation heroes. The most current Ultraman at this point was Mebius. Mebius. Okay. And Which the movie is why starts with Mebius. It does. Okay. So that would, that makes sense because I actually never, like I'm still pretty young on my ultra journey. I have not watched Mebius yet. Although Mebius gets a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of positive feedback from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been released by Mill Creek yet, but it probably will be very soon. Probably, probably. So what are some other, what are some other likes for the, some other positive things that we can talk about in this movie. Maybe. Belial, Belial, however <laughs> his dang Bel- name. This is okay. So we need to we, we need to establish this now. Are we saying Belial or are we saying Belial? I prefer to say Belial because I think that's how you're. It's it's a Hebrew name. I right. think that's how you're supposed to say it. The people in the movie itself, in the Japanese, and also in the dub, because I'm guessing they're just copying that. They say Belial. I even Googled it. You know, and said, how do you pronounce this name? And they still say Belial. So I'm probably going to have to research it to find out because it's a Hebrew name. Like I said, it's one of several names used in the Bible for the devil. Right. So Belial. Yeah. You can say Belial. That sounds pretty cool. I've even heard Belial. I've also heard that. No, we're not saying Belial. Who says Belial? Uh, but yes, Belial, uh, or Belial, I should say, Belial, um, is a really interesting villain. And I think, and for me who can appreciate a good villain, uh, I really appreciate Belial. Until you pit him up against Lord Zed. Cause we all know how that works. Well, we all know how that goes. Of course, you know, of course, of course Zed would win. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, like barely, but barely, but a wit, like, at, what is, what, uh, uh, what does Mr. Toretto say? Whether it's by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. Yep. So, <laughs> but no, uh, he's introduced here. It, he's interesting because there had been ultra characters, ultra air quotes, ultra characters before who were supposed to be evil. From what I was seeing online, he's supposed to be the first truly evil ultra, but there were other characters, like I said, that were either imposters or they were very similar to ultras uh, who were villains but he's right the, actual the first vil, uh, actual, actual evil ultra and his name is appropriate because 
he's basically a fallen angel in this because right. he was all of the ultras are basically these almost divine beings of light and he was corrupted by power lust mm-hmm. and booted out of the land <clears throat> of light and that eventually corrupted him and now he's this dark ultra his with a head that looks like it's a shark and that was actually where they got some of the design ideas for belial was actually sharks mm-hmm. you can tell and you can tell one thing that i think is interesting and i haven't seen this talked about anywhere except as weird as this sounds on the special features for the dvd edition of the ghost rider movie with nicholas cage the director talked about how in a lot of old paintings of the devil he would have a hunchback because they the artist literally interpreted you know, the fall of satan literally he was cast out of heaven and he fell onto the ground onto the earth crashed into it on his back and it screwed up his back so he always walked with a limp and I wonder if they did that intentionally because he's, <laughs> let's be honest, Belial's got some serious texting, Nick. <laughs> Very much so. Um, I, I just think it's really interesting about how they wrote his character, about how he was this, how he was a giant of light and then he was corrupted by power and then essentially was cast out of heaven, yeah. uh, for lack of a better way to put it, which there are some really interesting uh if you're if you're if you're a listener out there who has read the bible before there are some interesting correlations between uh this movie and how uh how lucifer was treated in the bible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh, related to that another uh, another character who's introduced here as was pointing out pointed out by your listeners is zero he makes mm-hmm. his first big appearance here and he's <clears throat> One of uh, probably the only modern ultra who I think has managed to <laughs> achieve the same status as all the Showa ultras. I mean, he's the only one who's not Showa who gets to wear the fancy mantle and cape now. Which it never goes into <clears throat> it never goes into detail on I know, at least not in this movie. It never goes into detail on how they earn their cape and mantle. Um, I, I imagine there's, there's some media out there that goes into detail about how they can earn it, or it's just implied that you're in service to, you're in service to the ultra brotherhood for so long. You just kind of get in, you just kind of get inducted into the, uh, heroes hall of fame for lack of a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. I actually asked our friend Danny if he knew, because I was really curious. And his answer was, you have to be Showa or popular. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a really cynical way of putting it, but I mean, he's not wrong because, because all of the Showa, all of the Showa Ultraman have their capes and they're what I imagine it. What I'm imagining is they're meant to represent elders, like the council of elders sort Mm -hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Um, or elder- it, it is some, uh, it is some <clears throat> form of prestige authority mm-hmm. because outside of the Ultra Brothers, the only other characters in this movie, anyway, that we see with capes are uh, Father of Ultra, right, and uh, and Mother of Ultra had one as well, right, and Ultraman King, who yeah, to be the actual leader, 
on on Planet Ultra. That's the thing. So there's the Land of Light and Planet Ultra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he seems to be the one who's actually in charge. I always figured until I saw this movie that it was actually Father of Ultra, but it's not. Apparently, it's not. Father of Ultra, Father and Mother of Ultra are high up there, but it's Ultraman King who's on top. Well, the first um, the first time we see any Ultra with a cape, I believe it's Ultraman Taro. Mm-hmm. When all the other uh, when the, all the other Ultras are are you know doing Taro, well, I'm assuming they're doing. Uh, uh, spacium beam training is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the so, idea. I think Taro is actually their trainer. That's why I made the joke in my in my plot synopsis. I called them Space Spartans. That's mm-hmm. honestly not too far off from what I can gather about ultra culture. Is they're very much a they're very much a warrior people. They start training their ultra babies because you see ultra babies in this. It's kind you of you do. It's weird. <laughs> ultra babies they start training them from a very young age to uh, for combat and things like that because their culture mm-hmm. is based around being protectors of peace and justice and all that fun stuff ridding the universe of evil right and and, and i gather because there was some dialogue in this there was some dialogue uh, in the movie that i that i picked up on that each of the ultras have their own designated sector that they cover. Yeah. They're kind of like green lanterns from DC comics in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, going back to some of our villains, uh, the first villain that we're greeted with, it, but aside from the Kaiju, we, we, we are when in the opening credits, we are, uh, greeted with between uh, a battle between Mibius and, um, uh, Bimular. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's Bimular. Which and, is appropriate because he was the first ever ultra kaiju, right? Exactly. Uh, and then the and then later on, the first villain we see is uh, what is it? Evil Ultra, uh, who's actually what what kaiju in disguise? Oh God, what is its name? Um, the one, the big head bird beak. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look it up right now, actually. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we see that we see them go to. Uh, to the prison where they are keeping uh, Belial or Belial. And I see, I'm, I'm going to flip, I'm as hard as I try. I'm going to keep flipping. Fl- I'm going to keep flipping back and forth in this entire episode. Probably um, we're going to, we see them visit the, the cage where uh, Belial is being kept. And he essentially uh, breaks in and releases Belial and hands him the, uh, what is it? The Ultra Giganizer? I think oh, that's what they the, uh, yeah, the Giga Battleizer. The Giggle Battleizer. With a Battleizer from Power. Right. Right. The the Giga Battleizer. He hands they hand Belial oh, with the with Battleizer. Battle Battleizer. I'm sorry. Um. See, I'm still learning the terminology. Even me, I'm still learning the terminology, and I've been watching Ultraman for about a year now. Um. So. Essentially, this other alien being wants to join forces with Belial uh, to conquer the universe. Well, in true narcissistic villain fashion, Belial says, hmm, I have this really powerful weapon. Why do I need you? And then proceeds to kill that other creature. And then Uh, invade. uh, Villains don't like to share. No, I think that's that's a if there if there's anything you can take away from this movie, villains don't like to share. They want all the things for themselves. 
so that uh, alert, so that that activity uh, basically. The, uh, go ahead. The, the monster you're looking for is Zareb. Zareb. There we go. Zareb. I can never see. I can never remember that. I have a hard. I I I have an easier time remembering the kaiju names, but it's the alien, the the kaijin names that I have a harder time with. Sajin. The sajin. Sorry, the sajin names that I have a harder time with uh, remembering. So what did you think about uh, Belial's debut in the movie? He makes quite an impression. <laughs> impression in that wall. as he's uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, and in most of the ultras skulls and various body parts, uh, he, he basically mops the floor with all of them. I mean, they very quickly established it. In this movie, not only is he scary, he's powerful because he right. took on basically everybody and he won. I, I mean, he beats up several Ultramen when he breaks out of the prison. And then he goes to Planet Ultra and basically beats up everybody, every Ultra that's appeared on anything in <laughs> or about uh, well, basically the entire history of the franchise up to that point. They, he even beats up the foreign Ultras. He took he beat the snot out of Ultraman Great from Australia, and then the, uh, Ultraman Powered. Remember, I was here for Ultraman Powered. <laughs> uh, he tries to take a shot at him, and uh, Belial said no. <laughs> and you know this, and this is something that kind of go into some of my negatives that the Land of Light feels awfully fragile. Um, so let me ask you, Nathan, if if breaking a mirror gets you seven years bad luck, what? How much? How many years of bad luck does literally destroying the land of light, which looks to be made of glass, get you? There's an easy answer for this that would that would require a lot of math, which I'm not prepared to do. I would have to figure out how large Planet Ultra is. Or at least the size of the portion that he destroyed. So we'll, we'll just limit it to that city, and then I would have to figure out the you know the all the surface area and all the blah blah blah. Basically, figure out the math of all of that, and then multiply seven by it, and that's what you get. And that's so, more math than I'm willing to do. So eleven billion years. Yes, is what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. The land of light in Ultraman Taro is weird really weird like I honestly, well, how to, wouldn't be surprised if it was cobbled together by illustrations sent submitted by children because instead of episode previews for a good stretch on ultraman taro it was just the this little thing saying hey sent chilled kids send in your illustrations of what you think the land of light looks like and then they had an episode where Taro goes and visits the Land of Light. And I'm thinking, this looks like a carnival on crack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? I'll take the bizarre City of Glass science fiction vista. Okay. Well, I was getting ready to ask you, I was getting ready to ask you uh, what the Land of Light was like in Taro compared to this movie, uh, because I haven't watched Taro yet. Taro and, was weird. 
Taro is what I Taro is weird. That's that's what I've always heard about Taro is Taro was weird. But, you know, what's not weird is Taro's performance in this movie. What did you think about Taro's uh, performance ooh, in this movie? Taro, 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 Taro. My gosh. He may have single-handedly saved the Land of Light. I mean, everyone, I mean, we, we follow the rest of the characters who are going and fighting the villains and monsters and all that. But mm. they wouldn't have had a place to save if not for Taro. Taro's uh, saves the last bit of light in the land of light. He keeps it safe. Yes. He uh, holds it close to his color timer. I mean, his heart and, you know, he cradles it. And it's the one thing that keeps the land of light alive. It's very, it's a very, uh, fantasy story, sort of a thing where the, you know, the, the world is dying and there's one last little ember and we have to go find what we need to restore the, world i i think the dub i think the dub refers to it as the last spark or something yeah because the the mcguffin the the ultra mcguffin i called it in the in Uh, the synopsis is the plasma spark because belial takes it because apparently it is one of the ultimate sources of power in the universe and and then basically the planet dies it turns into a frozen hell wasteland yeah yeah and yeah and everybody all the ultras are frozen except for a handful, uh, specifically the OG and Seven. They're the, the mm-hmm. only two that avoided it. Mebius was got kicked off planet, so he avoided it. Right. And uh, then we and then it's Zero and Leo because mm-hmm. they were training on another planet. So they're the only right. ultras who got spared. Which I find I, I, I really thought it was I thought Zero's story arc was interesting because we we first we don't hear Zero's name uh, right off, but as the other Ultras are gathering together and they're talking about uh, basically disturbances in the Force mm-hmm. uh, around the universe, one of them says, "Well, why don't we bring him in?" And then they're like, "No, we can't bring him in." And I, you're and you're technically Seven, who's I think said no, and yeah, it was Seven who is uh, we find out later is Zero's father. Mm-hmm. And who actually is one of, who is actually the one who uh, banished, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, they're the one, he was the one that actually banished. I remember correctly uh, from, the fla- from the flashback. Admittedly, I watched this a couple of weeks ago because that's how last minute this, <laughs> the, uh, my, me replacing Travis was uh, this week. But I did catch some highlights before we started recording. And then, you know, we had everything going wrong. <laughs> uh your mic sucks but anyway it's better now though yeah yeah for now but anyway so i'm pretty sure it was seven who caught him because right. he it's his story runs parallel with belial because right. zero tried to touch the plasma spark seven caught him and mm-hmm. said no you can't touch that you remember what happened to belial you need to learn a lesson and then sends him away to train. Yes, and that and that is where we meet uh, Ultra. Se- that is where we meet Ultraman Zero is on a distant planet training with Leo, strapped in this weird RoboCop suit. Yeah, I think uh, it was to restrain him, mm-hmm. so that, mm-hmm. that he couldn't rely on his full strength. He had to learn other less. He, could, he had to learn not to rely on purely on his strength. He, you know, and. Right. Uh, so and it, you know, so it's basically rigging the game against him while he's training with Leo. 
Right, which makes sense, which which actually makes sense. If you're going to train and punish someone, you restrict their power. Mm-hmm. Uh, you re- you restrict their ability to to work at their full potential so that they have to learn to use other abilities to uh, make up for what they're lo- what they what they've lost. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is zero is most definitely again we were joking about it earlier zero is definitely a punk very much actually so. yeah. this he's a punk but he's still a good guy he's still a hero and we see that because there's a point where he saves a pigmon so pigmon doesn't die and for know. the first time ever pigmon doesn't oh, die oh no, remember he didn't die empowered that's true that is true. He didn't die empowered. You're right. Oh, yeah. So Zero saves a Pigmon's life. Oh, he saves it once. We see Pigmon earlier. Mm-hmm. And then Zero catches basically a, a rock that was falling to the ground. He got under it, caught it, and then the Pigmon ran away. And in fact, he even says, like, get out of the way. Get out of the way, you know, so he could toss the rock over. Mm-hmm. And Leo and the other Ultramen noticed that. Right. So they're like, okay, you're a punk, but you're a good kid. Sure. <laughs> you know? And that's one of the things that made them decide that in sheer desperation, because who else are they going to turn to at that point? You know, when we get to the end and Belial is just, I'm going to switch between it, unfortunately. And they He just beats the crap out of everybody. And Seven is basically on the verge of death, and he's just like, there's no one else we can turn to other than Zero. Right. And then he shows that apparently his eye slugger is a space message in a bottle, I guess. And he just <laughs> he throws it and goes flies across the universe and lands on exactly where they are, which is hilarious. And they're like, Oh no, something bad happened to ultra seven. Whatever shall we do? <laughs> so, um, Fast forward a little bit to our uh, our human characters, our human cast, because there yeah. are. By the way, because, uh, the group on the ship they're called Zap Spacey. Zap Spacey, interesting. Yeah, I okay. saw it. I just saw it here on this synopsis. Yep, Zap Spacey, all in caps. Hmm. I, the the Ultra series has always had an interesting. Uh, an interesting thing with naming their human squadron teams. Uh, you've got, cause you've got with Ultraman trigger, you've got guts, you've got storage with Ultraman Z, you've got zap. <laughs> and they missed the, the perfect opportunity. They never called them the storage unit. Yeah, it is true. Like I, I, I desperately wanted them to make that joke, but they never did. They never did. They missed it. They missed an opportunity. You missed an opportunity, Subaraya. Let me just say that. Yeah. Um, Which makes so what? I mean, would they have had to name like if they had a like if that's the main, you know, that's the main thing. It's just like the army. So like, did they have like a special platoon called the box? (laughs) What makes this show? What makes this movie kind of interesting? And actually, it was what made the show that leading up to this film kind of interesting. Is in this you have humans controlling monsters. Uh, we joked around a little bit earlier in the episode about how they were basically ripping off Pokemon. But uh, what did you think about our human cast for this, for this movie? Admittedly, I think I probably would have gotten a bit more out of them. Had I seen ultra galaxy, which I have not, 
Mm-hmm. But I liked what they were they what they had to offer. They were they weren't your science patrol, right? Really, and for what I understand, there there isn't an Ultraman in Ultra Galaxy. It's about mm-hmm. them, which I think is a really cool idea. Make make give us a story set in the Ultraman universe, but it's about you know a team of human characters. Now we find out that Ray is special. He's a, basically a pseudo Ultra. <laughs> And he can control monsters, so we at least have things that we can recognize from the Ultraman universe. Right. But it's not about an Ultraman. No. No, it's it's not. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed the fact that they got heavily involved, uh, especially in the, uh, the climactic moments of the film. Uh, I was getting, like, especially during that final, that final sequence when... Uh, Belial basically transforms into a giant blob of made up of other monsters. Yeah, it's called a Belidra. Uh, a Belidra? Beliudra. Beliudra. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, but uh, yes, a Beliudra, uh, which I think we did the stats on. We, you and I did the stats on that thing <laughs> one time. Um, yeah, because we were trying to figure out what's bigger, uh, Beliudra or Serpentera. It's Beliudra. By a long shot. <laughs> Beliudra is about 3,000 feet tall. 4,000 meters. 4,000 meters. I'm sorry. 4,000 yeah, meters. I'm, I don't I don't know. How yeah, right now, the official stats are height, 4,000 meters, weight, immeasurable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But, I, you know, what I liked about our uh, human cast is they didn't just sit back and let the ultras take care of it. They actually got involved. And I think, and Travis and I have talked about this before we, the, the ultra shows the, the episodes of the original Ultraman that we really particularly enjoyed the most were the ones where the science patrol actually got involved in the fight. They actually had agency and they actually did something and they didn't just let Ultraman take care of it. They actually did something. And and that's what I really enjoyed about the cast uh, in this movie as well. Cause it, mm-hmm. like I was getting, for, for lack of a better comparison, uh, King of the Monsters vibes, King of the Monsters 2019, when uh, when they when uh, Mark Russell says this time we join the fight and it was sort of the same vibe uh, with our human with uh, with Zap this time around. It's like when when it's time to to uh, pony up and, and face the bad guy, they all banded together along with the ultras to uh, to to help win the battle. And I really enjoyed that. I'm snickering right now because somewhere out there. Our friend Elijah is dying a little inside. Oh, why? I don't. I don't know why. I'm just. I'm. I'm just. I'm just comparing this movie to one of his favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. But no, the, are we still in the negatives? Because I was gonna. Well, that well, but we just been kind of bouncing. We've been kind of we've been kind of bouncing around a little bit. So go ahead, Nathan. What are some negatives about this film? Because I know we related to the what you're talking about with how the land of light looks, and this is just an issue of a lot of modern films in general. Mm-hmm. But it's I blame the Star Wars prequels for because they're the ones that started this. There is a ridiculous overuse of green screen, and it is obviously green screen yeah and to the point where and i it almost becomes white noise you just kind of it's like that's not even there 
I love how it looks. And you're talking to somebody who thinks matte paintings are an amazing thing in old TV shows and movies and all of that. So I suppose you can make the argument that green screening all of these worlds is basically modern digital matte painting, but it, it, there's an artificiality to it that it, it takes me out of it a little bit. So I, I have to knock it a little bit. Now, I'm sure there was no other way they were going to re realize this, especially on the sort of budget that they had. Right. Same thing about any modern Hollywood movie that does the same thing. It's going to be incredibly difficult to realize something uh, like what they do without using a lot of green screen like that. But then you have mm -hmm. filmmakers like Christopher Nolan who completely throw that out the window and just do it old school and it looks amazing. So there's trade-offs with all of it. Right. I mean, and, and don't get us wrong. I know we don't, I don't really have a ton of dislikes about that movie about, about this movie we're talking about, but you know, the overuse of green screen is one of them, but given the fact that of the setting that they were in and the story they were trying to tell, I'm able to overlook it because I don't know how else they would have been able to do it without the overuse of green screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like I said, it would have been incredibly difficult to do otherwise. But like I said, the trade-off is that they got to give us some just fantastic looking worlds, the monster graveyard, the, the land of light, both when it was thriving and when it had been turned into basically the Arctic and so they were able to do some really cool things. Yeah, the, the the monster graveyard is definitely nightmare fuel. Oh, good lord, yes. <laughs> so is Beliudra, but oh, Beliudra. Uh, although, you know, although I, when I first saw this movie, I was like, "What in Godzilla's name is that? That looks stupid." But after watching this movie a couple of more times, I'm like, "Well, that's actually it makes sense." One. And two, it actually looks pretty cool because if you think about it, Beliudra, um, back when Zero wins, the, back when Zero wins the one-on-one -on -one battle with Belial, uh, uh, he falls into the pit of fire, and then all of a sudden they see all these dead kaiju come back, and they and they're basically being sucked into, basically being sucked into hell with, uh, uh, with Belial. And they come out of they come out of hell to form this gigantic uh, creature made up of all these different kaiju. And you know what it kind of reminded me of uh, a little bit was uh, Fantasia. Uh, oh, with Chernobog. Oh yeah, yeah, Chernobog. That makes sense. Uh, I just couldn't think of the name. I knew it was. I knew it wasn't. I know he literally wasn't Satan. I know he wasn't just a generic demon. I know he had a name, but Chernobog. Okay, I wouldn't have guessed that though. Um, uh, funny enough, stumbled across a Funko Pop of him at my local Walgreens. Huh, that's weird. Right next, but okay. Oh, right next to a Godzilla Heat Ray Funko Pop. Interesting. Um. Okay. Whatever. But you know that whole sequence there, I thought was extremely well done. Uh, you could feel the you could honestly feel the the weight and the and the and the situ and it felt like to me because in a lot of these superhero shows you autumn you know that the hero is ultimately going to prevail but 
it did feel like that there was real stakes involved yeah. with this movie. And but, I really enjoy a movie that oh, this is I, the crazy thing about Bela Yudra is you could see all the individual monsters moving. Yes. Him. Yeah. It was incredibly creepy, incredibly, incredibly creepy. And that the, and that the head of Bela Yudra sets Belial and basically the only way to kill it is to kill Belial. So makes sense. But, uh, for, for such well, obviously, a obviously zero saw of, uh, infinity war. You should have gone for the head. <laughs> uh, which, which is, I guess this is kind of one of my, uh, one of my negatives about it. Although, although that effect is so impressive, what it ended up, what ended up happening to it was a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it as big a threat as they paint Belial to be zero kind of wins a little more easily than I would have liked. Yeah. I wanted zero to struggle a little bit. I mean, like, I really, does. it's not like he just walks in there and one punches him. You know, he's not one punch man, but even yeah, after but Belial turns into belly Udra, he still wins with a little less struggle than I was, would have expected. Right. Now, it, I will tell you that that gets remedied a little bit in Revenge of Belial, the next movie. Poor Zero has a heck of a time with him in that one. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I think I think Zero had a tougher time with Belial the second time around, which uh, which uh, much makes sense because Revenge of Belial is a lot like uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, where, you know, Belial has learned his lesson and he knows sort of how to beat the, he, he knows sort of what not to do. And he's a little bit more clever in the second movie, I believe. Uh, with he still, what uh, He still uh, takes the go big or go home approach at the end, but. Right, he does. That is, that is true. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he just does it a little bit differently. I, I know that one of your listeners said that this, uh, you know, that this was his first exposure to Ultraman and then it just made him want to dive into everything. Okay. I, I have a feeling for most people, if they're uninitiated, they're probably going to watch this and be kind of lost. Assuming mm -hmm. knowledge on the audience's part. And if you're invested, already invested in the franchise, you're going to get the most out of this and you'll be the most invested. Right. So there's that. And now I, I saw this relatively early on, on my personal ultra journey. So I was invested in certain characters, but some of them I hadn't really seen yet. And honestly, now I have a greater appreciation for it. Cause I've seen more of the franchise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And along those lines, there's a lot going on. We've got, I think at least three plots going on mm -hmm. throughout this and they jump back and forth. They intertwine at certain points and there's a lot of characters, right? There's a lot of stuff going on. It's a very busy movie for what it's 96 minutes. It's very busy. Yeah, it's 96 it's, minutes. I mean, it, it feels, but it, it's, it, it feels pretty brisk. Like this movie flies by. It does, but it, it's almost overstuffed. It doesn't mm -hmm. quite feel overstuffed, but it's almost there. And there's, like I said, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Right. And then honestly, the score in this, the score in it is good, but it's not memorable. 
I honest, I could not honestly tell you what the score to this movie was. If, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I, I, I honestly could not. I, I think, I think that the score works for what it is, but to be like a memorable, to, for it to be like a, like a memorable score to me, it wasn't. Yeah. But it, this could also be me. I mean, I tried listening to the soundtrack. I looked up the soundtrack on YouTube and, and I listened to it and I'm just like, everything sounds the same and nothing really sticks out. Mm-hmm. Something as big and epic as this. Why doesn't the music stick out? And it's also probably because this week I've been listening to the Ultraman, the next soundtrack, which was recently gifted to me. The score in that is good. (laughs) Probably so. Probably so. Now, I haven't listened to the score of that either, but, you know, probably your opinions are are a little bit clouded by what you've been listening to uh, in other from other ultras or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So before we move on to our Godzuki score, uh, Nathan, uh, let's, I think you found us, I think you found a few fun facts about this movie. We've mentioned it already. You know, it's the first appearance of Belial and zero, right? Uh, This movie marks the last appearance of Shunji Igarashi in the Ultraman series. He's the guy Mm -hmm. who played Mebius. This also is the last time he reprised his role as Mirai Habino, as well as his role in voicing Ultraman Mebius. Later, Shunji retired from his entertainment career in 2013. It's also, this also was Takeshi Aono's final role in voicing Alien Zarab, so the guy who dies at the beginning, as he retired in 2010 and died in 2012. This one's really interesting. Ultraman King was voiced by a former Japanese prime minister. Well, that is super interesting. Junichiro Koizumi, who was the mm-hmm. prime minister of Japan in the early 2000s. Right. So there you go. How crazy is that? This would be like, I don't know, making a Marvel movie and having a CGI character voiced by, I don't know, George Bush or Bill Clinton mm-hmm. or somebody, right. you know, a, a former president, basically. In this film, Dan Moroboshi slash Ultra 7's three capsule monsters, Wyndham, Miklas, and Agira from Ult- from the Ultra 7 show, appear together in the same shot for the very first time. Wow, okay. This is and finally, this is the first Subaraya production, Ultraman or otherwise, to be officially produced under the umbrella of its owner as of October 2007. TYO Incorporated, a Japanese advertising agency. Interesting. So, well, obviously this obviously this movie does not suffer from the same rights debacle as other ultra shows. Nope. Uh, or other Don't ultra movies. What'd you say? Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get you okay, I'm sorry. <clears throat> you know but you know but we won't but we won't go there. We won't go there. It's about uh, Travis complained for a while about Toei. I complain about Johnny's. <laughs> okay don't get started on johnny's don't i won't get you started on that so nathan what would you give oh i should back up i'm so sorry so uh for anyone who is new to the podcast if you've just started listening to kaiju weekly we like to rate our films and television shows that we talk about out of five godzukis which is uh godzilla's bumbling nephew from the hanna-barbera cartoon so nathan 
what would you get? What would you give as your Godzuki score for Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy the movie? I've been trying to figure out exactly where I would put it. It would be high. It really would. Because <sighs> uh, I, I, hmm, I want to. Hmm, it's hard. I want to say four point five. There's a part of me that really wants to go four point five with this. Mm-hmm. Really, really hard. But mm, you know what? I'm and I reserve the right to change my mind later. But I think. For now, anyway, I'm going to go because it does have some issues, unfortunately, that bring it down a little bit for me. But to play it safe for now, I'm going to land on a four out of five Godzookies. Beautiful. And what are your final thoughts? This is the Avengers of Ultraman movies. It's uh, if you're a particularly if you're a fan of the pre new generation hero eras of Ultraman, mm-hmm. you're going to basically have everything in here. Right now, you're going to get it is a lot of fan service, but it's fan service done well and not fan service at the expense of everything else. Right. Okay, so uh, for me. I'm going to go ahead and also give it four out of five Godzookies because I think you're right. I think this movie has a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, for as busy as this movie is, um, the story is well written and you can follow along. You can follow along with it and understand what the heck is going on because sometimes movies that try to throw so much into the pot. Uh, wind up getting muddled and kind of uh, ahead of itself in a way. Uh, And they are very, and and they're kind of hard to follow. But I think this is one of those movies, those Avenger type, big, uh, uh, big worlds collide type move, not worlds collide. What I'm trying, I don't know what I'm trying to think of, but this is one of those big movies, those, these big epic movies that actually feels like it was well thought out. Uh, There is fan service here. Uh, but it's not, like you said, it's not done at the expense of story and it's not done at the expense of, uh, giving us a a good movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. now the gripes I have with it, like I said earlier, are probably nitpicky and I'm willing to admit that. Um, but they are minor, but they are minor gripes. And I did, I, I, it wouldn't be Kaji weekly if I didn't, uh, air my gripes and my grievances every now and then, but, but I will say if you are a fan of the ultra series or, or uh, better yet, if you're just now getting into the ultra series, um, I would say, check this movie out because I would say that this movie is pretty accessible, uh, for anyone new. Uh, you don't know, you don't have to know a whole lot about ultra lore to understand what's going on in this movie. There's a, a lot that you'll, a lot more that you'll get out of it. The right. more, you know, about the you know, about ultra lore but yeah it's not it's not a very tall barrier i guess you could say mm-hmm. yeah. that's true that is true 
so that does it for uh, our review or our discussion rather on Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy the movie, uh, aka Ultra Word Salad. Uh, and we would love to hear what you guys think about the movie. If you disagree with our review, if you agree with our review, please tell us online uh, at our Twitter. Uh, tell us on Twitter at Kaiju Weekly. Uh, and always, we'd always want to hear from you guys and our listeners, uh, your thoughts and your feelings towards the, fil- the, the films that we talk about. So, Nathan, uh, do you know what the next segment is? The Mailbag. The mailbag. What's in the mail today? And this week's mail comes in uh, again from our good friend, Chris Degelman, uh, our friend over in Germany. And Chris writes, hello, Travis and Michael. Well, this time it's Nathan and Michael. I'm sorry, Chris. Well, Uh, the funny thing is, if the if our cards have been played right, I would have been reading my own feedback. But <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, Chris goes on to ask once again. I'm feeding your mailbag with some questions for you two. It's uh, inappropriate for me to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to give Travis another chance to talk about Common Rider, maybe we shouldn't answer this. Maybe we shouldn't answer this question. Maybe I should save this for Travis later. Hmm. Should I save this for later? Or my opinion, and then Travis can give his own dang answer next week. But yeah, should I? I was gonna say, should I save this for Travis, or or should I be selfish and do it ourselves? You know what? I think I'm gonna be selfish and do it ourselves. Uh. Uh. If Hollywood would decide to make an American Common Rider movie, which season, excluding the original, do you think would be best to adapt to Western audiences and would have the best chance of succeeding in the box office? I mean, I can for, already tell you what I think his answer is going to be. Well, hold that thought for just a second. Uh, for Michael, I have a similar question. If, for some reason, the next American Power Rangers movie would need to be to would need to feature another set of Rangers or Sentai than the classic dinosaur-themed Mighty Morphin ones, which one would you pick? As always, keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to a new episode of your show. Looking forward to a new episode of your show each week. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate you listening, and we appreciate you feeding our mailbag. Um, so, Nathan, I'm going to go ahead and let you answer this question, and then I'll probably, uh, what I'll do is I'll probably reread this question to Travis next week and let him answer. So, yeah, you go I, ahead and go first. I've got opinions on both of these. But <laughs> okay, well, go ahead. Uh Admittedly, I am still a bit of a noob at Common Rider. Uh, uh, the original is excluded, or else I probably would have said the original, just because starting with the original, I think, is generally a good idea. But excluding that, and admittedly basing this solely on watching the two episodes that Toei allows people to watch on YouTube, I would say Common Rider Black. Interesting. Why? Because it's fairly dark, but not grim dark. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit insane, but it keep mm-hmm. but it keeps a lot of the classic common writer tropes, but does it in a very very eighties sort of a style. And I really like the aesthetic. I like the characters in this. 
it takes a lot of the things that work in the original, again, based solely on two episodes and, and cranks them up even more. And for a while, it had the reputation of being one of the darkest Common Rider shows out there, which I can't necessarily say from the two episodes of Common Rider Black RX that I watched. Probably shouldn't have been a sequel because Black RX is weird. Really, really weird. But that one's noteworthy for getting turned into Saban's Masked Rider. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Right. To answer the second half of the question. Isn't it obvious? <laughs> okay, so Nathan's answer Nathan's answer is turbo. Moving on to my answer. Has a movie. What are you talking about? We don't need to remake oh. that trash fire again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nathan's answer is Megaforce. Moving on. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. The uh, we're, we're going to call it screaming the name of your attack all at once. Movie. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, uh, then we're gonna make screaming the name of your attack together too. No stakes at all. <laughs> okay, okay, but seriously, or, what... we'll make that. We'll make a trilogy of these, and that will be the last one because that's gonna be uh, the remake of Legendary Battle. And then we'll make uh, we'll make part two, screaming the names of your uh, attacks all together. Part two, no likable characters here. <sighs> No, it would. In all seriousness, it would be Power Rangers in space. Because <laughs> I, which love is, that, I love that team. And fight me all you want, Michael Stronema, best Power Ranger villain ever. Uh I will have to disagree, but that's okay. Uh, that's that. Yeah, we can, we can, basic we, Zed. We know. Uh, I don't call it being basic. I call it being wise and practical beyond my years um, and well, allow me to uh, uh to pull in elijah you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> well to answer your question chris admittedly i have actually not watched a ton of common writer now travis denied travis and i did sit down and we watched uh, a few uh episodes of a few of a few different seasons we watched uh kuga uh, agito the original and uh w uh, i think we watched we watched we watched w um if you're asked to ask me what i think american audiences would uh be more accepting to um i'm gonna have to say either common writer because i have seen a little bit of black black would make sense uh and there is a little bit of, and there is some nostalgia for kids in the west with common rider black because it was some it was a season that uh or was that black rx that was, was black, black RX. rx that got that was the basis uh, for the master right the basis for mass rider okay so i mean black but although black does make sense um but given the fact that i am about 15 episodes into this and i do find it very interesting because i do i do like the characters i like the creature design i actually like the common rider uh, design and the story itself. I'm gonna have to go with Kuga. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kuga would be an. I think Kuga would be an an interesting one to adapt to Western audiences. Um, that I don't know if it would fare. I don't know how well it would fare. I would say that you would have fans here in the West that are because Kuga is one of those more popular. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, you can uh, watch, Kamen Rider you can watch that one in its entirety on Tubi and Shadow TV. Yeah, you can. And that's what I've been and, that's what I've been watching. For, and it was the first Heisei Common Rider series. And yeah. I for, I've seen a bit of it and I do think with a with some work, I think you could adapt that one and make you it could. into for an American film, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, I am going to go against the grain and not say Power Rangers in space as a, a, for a modern adaptation. Although I love Power Rangers in space. Don't get me wrong. That season single-handedly saved the franchise. But probably the, the, the season of Power Rangers that I would personally adapt to a, a big budget movie. Excluding Mighty Morphin. Excluding Mighty Morphin. I remember. I remember. Um, God, this is hard. I mean, I can think uh, of a few off the top of my head. I well, I, I know that, but don't help me. I, this is this is my question, Nathan. Mm. Uh, 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 man, this is this is a lot of. I thought I had a good answer, but I actually probably don't. Um, <laughs> Are you just going to say all of them? No, not all of them, because that's a that would be a cop out. I don't want to do that. Um, you know what? I'm just. Because uh, you have, because you have so much stuff there with, because you've got, uh, you got, because Zio would be an interesting adaptation. I believe you, I believe you could do something with Zio because there was that, uh, there was that uh, fan. I think there was that fan film uh, a few years Rain. ago. I saw some stuff on it. It ended up being phony. It's not, not real. Well. No, it's the one where it's the really dark Power Rangers. Oh, Power Slash Rangers. Yeah. With that, that's weird because it was fan-made, and apparently, from what I understand, it's supposed to be a satire, but nobody got the joke. If that's a satire, if, if that's a satire... took it seriously and thought it was the coolest thing ever, or they thought it was the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody got the joke, apparently. I'm going to say, I'm going to say time force. I think I'm going to say time force and say that I think that time force will be a, a really interesting one to adapt outside of outside of Zio. Cause I think Zio could work with a general audience. Uh, Cause you could do some really cool things with the machine empire um, and the whole lore surrounding the Zio crystal. I think outside of that, I think you could do some really interesting things with time travel with time force. And we've had big budget movies that deal with time travel before. And so it wouldn't be a new concept for a Western audience to wrap their heads around. You're just injecting Power Rangers lore in the in the mix as well. Mm-hmm. The, other, so, the other thing that would be interesting is there hasn't really been a superhero movie where the hero's main shtick is time travel. The closest right. I can think of would be Legends of Tomorrow, but that's a television show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but but still, I'm just trying to think of I'm I'm trying to think of what like how many superhero like how many superhero shows or how many things of that nature have dealt with time travel that have been fairly popular with general Endgame. audiences. Well, that's yeah, in game. Yeah, I forget about in game. Like who cares about in game? In game who? Uh Yeah, so I think I think Zio, I think Zio or um 
Zio or, or, or Time Force is what I, I would probably think you might go with Time Force. That was one of the choices in my head. I was like, I bet he'll land on Time Force. I, I you know, if outside of In Space, which is our, which In Space is arguably the 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 best season of the original Saban era. Um, outside of that, I mean, because you got let's see, after after In Space, you've got Lost Galaxy. Uh, which would be interesting, but I don't know I if that would resonate. Galaxy would be better as a sequel to an in space movie. True, because it's yeah, because I, I, it tries to be that in a in a in an and odd way. Honestly, the best parts of Lost Galaxy are when the in space characters show up. <laughs> I mean, I really enjoyed Lost Galaxy. I even enjoyed its its Sentai counterpart, Gingaman, which yeah, is yeah. totally different. Yeah, so totally. I, uh, different. I would say, barring uh, barring something like Time Force. I think I haven't watched it yet, but I, from what I understand, so I could be speaking in ignorance and you can tell me if you, uh, what you think of this, Michael, but maybe RPM because it's very self-contained. It's very much its own thing. It's yeah. It's an, it's sort of like a, it's sort of like an Elseworld story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's based in an alternate universe. Uh, it doesn't follow, it does not follow Ranger continuity as we knew it back then. So RPM would be interesting. Um, I don't think you could do SPD for reasons, um, but yeah, time, I'd say I'd say either Zio or Time Force would be your best bet for gen, for a general Western audience release. Outside of just rebooting the Mighty Morphin franchise itself, because Mighty Morphin is always going to put butts in seats to some degree. Yeah, it, for, there's been what close to thirty seasons of Power Rangers, but. Mighty Morphin will always be the Power Rangers, just like the original Star Trek will always be the Star Trek that most people outside of the yeah. fandom think of. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Chris, I really hope that we answered your question to the best of our ability. Like I said, uh, Travis had to be out this week due to an illness and he will be back next week. So I will be sure to reread this question to him on top of anything else that you've sent us uh, next week. And we're going to get Travis's take because he is actually the, the more, the, the more person, the person more qualified to talk about common writer rather than us too. So, uh, but thank you, Chris, for sending us that. And if you want to be cool, like Chris, and send us uh, a listener's a listener question or listener feedback or just a mailbag question or comment that we can read out on the podcast. You can email that to uh, kaijuweekly at gmail.com or you can uh, head on over to our Twitter and our social media and write us a, and, and send your question uh, via, uh, there at Kaiju Weekly uh, on Twitter. So um, this week, we always ask before at the end of each episode, we always try to ask a trivia question leading into the next week. But given the fact that this is listeners choice month and the winner has already been determined for everyone to see, uh, I'm going to simply ask everyone, what did you think? of how from beyond the fog, because we're going to be talking about how from beyond the fog, the 2021 uh, independent Kaiju film that everyone has been loving all over. Uh, so for, yeah, we're going to be talking about, it's kind of a fandom darling right now. It is. It is. So we're finally going to be talking about it. We were supposed to cover it uh, a month ago, but something, something happened and we had to bump it. I think we had, I think uh, we had another, I think we had some technical issues or something of that nature and we had to bump it and then we just would revisit it later. But 
uh, it did win our fan poll uh, this past week for the next film that we're going to be covering. So I think it was pretty decidedly too. <laughs> it was as expected. It was as expected. I was, I had my fingers crossed for something else only because I had not, I don't think I'd seen the other two uh, yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to sitting down and talk and finally talking about Hal and sharing some thoughts and opinions on that movie. So all I need to know from you, dear listener, what do you think of Hal from Beyond the Fog? And uh, you can tell us that via our social media on Twitter at Kaiju Weekly, on Instagram at Kaiju Weekly Pod, or you can email uh, your response to kaijuweekly at gmail.com. So before we get out of here and before we end this episode, Nathan, I just want to say thank you so, so much for coming on at the last possible minute and um, uh, being on this show so that we could put out a list put out, put out an episode for our listeners for listeners choice month. So before we get out of here, go ahead and give us all of your shameless, shameless plugs. Yes, because that's one of my spiritual gifts that, and I am the captain of the KWB team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, uh, that one guy, the littlest gatekeeper, he's my vice captain. <laughs> we love you elijah <laughs> but yes i'm nathan march and i am <laughs> the host of two podcasts now co well host of one co-host of the other my main one is the monster island film vault a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu if you're into film appreciation and academic uh, and academic analysis riftastic commentary and an ongoing storyline with a colorful cast of characters, check out the Film Vault. In fact, this man sitting right here, several states away from me, admittedly, right, has appeared on the show, not only as a guest host, but also as part of that colorful cast. It is true. Characters. <laughs> Playing a, a snooty British man. <laughs> uh, doing my very, very, poor british accent <laughs> and reminding everyone to keep finding a better way forward you <laughs> <laughs> tell we have too much fun anyway so there's that and then i am also the co-host with your co-host michael of the henshin men a toku here superhero appreciation podcast which i guess is basically a spinoff from both my show and your show right given who's running it so uh, we're, we just launched that about a month ago, and we uh, just today, as we are recording this, we just put out episode four, which is technically episode five numbering, and we've just gotten through the first eight episodes of the OG Common Rider, mm -hmm. and uh, well, the, the takeaway I can give you from today's episode is, well, B-Woman, the gaudiest supervillainess ever, and... Well, up from the grave he arose. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll find yourself singing a, an old hymn watching a certain episode of Common Rider. But you know, be sure to check that out. Uh, and the you know you can follow Henshin Men on Twitter. You can follow the Film Vault on Twitter. You can also follow the Film Vault on Facebook and on Instagram. We're also on TikTok, where I make silly little videos, uh, usually little previews of stuff that I'm doing for the podcast or toy and physical media unboxings. 
At the moment, my most popular video is giving a Kong figure a fist bump. I don't know why, but it is. People, people eat that kind of stuff up, man. Yeah, well, the, it's the second one where I'm giving a Kong figure a fist bump that's super popular. The first one, nobody cared. <laughs> I don't understand TikTok. It is the nadir of the internet. Oh, <laughs> there's that. And then I'm also an author. You can follow my writings on uh, at my website, which is NathanJSMarchand.com. Uh, Nathan yes, I had to use both of my middle initials. One middle initial was not good enough. No, it needed to be both of them because NathanMarchand.com was already taken. I'm going to find I'm going to find that guy. Oh, you knew it was coming. And I'm going to feed him to Belly Udra. <laughs> so check that out. Follow me on Twitter at NathanMarchan7. And then you can follow my, me as an author on Facebook. The page on Facebook is The Worlds of Nathan Marchand. Uh, it's basically everything I can mention right now. I have, I'm working on a new book project that should be out in the next couple of months. Mm -hmm. And check out my other newest book, which is a sword and sorcery book that I co-wrote with Nick Hayden and Aaron Brosman. It's mm -hmm. about a barbarian cooler than Conan. I said it. It's called Zawsome and the God Who Devours. Available on Amazon right now from Cooler Wild Press. Cooler than Conan or cooler than Conan, but is it cooler than He-Man? Yes. <laughs> We won't I get am into that. Biting my tongue so hard right now. <laughs> we won't. We won't get into that. But uh, but no. Thank you again, Nathan, for coming on such a at such a last minute. I know Travis and I both appreciate it because uh, this pod, this show would, this episode would not have happened if I had not have found someone else. Well, it was either that or get on here and ramble for an hour, just me talking to myself, which... or just or, or record really late at night tomorrow night and then i and then stay up all night editing or just delay the episode which i did not want to do because this is as i've said listeners choice month and so our listeners deserve an episode on time this at least for this month uh, they deserve it because they've requested it uh but yes thank you again nathan it's been a blast and i want to thank every one of you for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly. And all the links to our social media, as well as the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, are listed in the description of this episode. You can send questions, comments, and answers to uh, the trivia questions and more to our email at kaijuweekly at gmail.com. A big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. Issue 3 is on the way very, very soon. We are putting... Uh, we are putting the last bit of spit and polish on it as we speak. Uh, if you want to find out more about Kaiju Ramen and all the things associated with that project, head on over to kaijuramenmagazine.com. And if you want to help support this podcast and get some really nice bonus content uh, in the future, uh, head on over and support us at patreon.com slash kaiju weekly pod and there's actually one more thing people can do nathan to support this podcast and that is by heading on over to apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review and what that's going to do is that's going to put this show in front of other kaiju and tokusatsu and ultraman fans just like you and it's going to help us grow it's going to help us well i don't know if travis is still trying to see the goo 
because we've not been traveling very much this year, but <laughs> eventually, eventually we might take a road trip and go on location to see the goo. And that's only going to happen if you leave us a review on Apple podcast, not a rating. Don't just leave us a rating, please leave us a five-star review with a comment. And in that comment, you can say whatever you want. We had a lot of great comments. Uh, we had a lot of great reviews come in over the past couple of weeks, and we'll read some of those on the next episode of this podcast. Uh, and and if conclu- you are a true fan, you'll steal all your friends, Apple products, sneak onto the podcast app and put a five-star rating on there. Yes, if you are a true fan of this podcast, you will do exactly that, and we will love you, love you forever. And if you're a so, if you're a double double awesome true fan, you'll go to your to all of the cell phone stores in your city, and go to all the display models, and put five star ratings on all of those. Kaiju, it's we we then, know. Then they'll it'll they'll have more five star ratings than they do actual listeners. Right, and. Uh, we do. We totally don't know someone who has done that before. Just saying. Mm-hmm. So to close out this episode, I'm going to say to help control the Ultraman population, uh, the ultra- have Belial population? have your Belials spayed oh. or neutered. Yeah, uh, insert tension pun here. Uh... Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>so do you think anyone can tell that we didn't have notes for that episode? I'm going to take a wild guess and say no, but uh, we definitely need to go to B-dubs because we winged it. Oh God. So hot.